the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoshio podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. Got a cloudy rest of the afternoon, 35, the low down tonight. Uh, tomorrow, a mix of clouds and sun, high up to 50. And Thursday, good deal of sunshine, some clouds, a high of 60. Yeah, the Sixers, 101-96 over Orlando last night, getting back in the win column. Seth Curry leading the way with 24 points. Tobias Harris had 17 points, 9 rebounds, and talked after the game about the team chemistry kind of coming back together. It's, it's going to be a, a process. You know, different guys, you know, we've we pretty much had, you know, different lineups all throughout the season, whatever game this is. So it's, it's going to be a process of, of rhythm and feel. And then also just uh, gaining our chemistry of how we're going to play, you know, getting familiar with uh, where guys like the basketball, how other teams are playing us as well. So night in, night out, we're going to have um, different defenses that are going to be presented to us and ways that we have to figure out how we can be successful out there. So, you know, so far as for us, we understand that it's not going to happen in a day and we need to um, you know, figure out ways that we can continue to improve that type of chemistry game by game and how we can, like tonight's game, get off to a good start and sustain that all throughout the game. Um, but you know, it's going to be a challenge and no one said it was going to be easy, so we just got to figure it out. Tobias Harris of the Sixers, Andre Drummond had seven points and 12 rebounds and talked about the fact the Sixers had a big lead and let things almost get away from him. I think we we let off the gas a little bit after halftime, and we allowed them to get into a rhythm. Obviously, they you know brought it back and went up by two or three late in that third. So we can't let off the brakes when we do have a good lead. We have to continue to just push it and you know play hard and not play to play the score. Andre Drummond of the Sixers, head coach Doc Rivers, not all that pleased despite the win over Orlando last night. It was a win. Not inspired. I thought the first six minutes we played pretty much the right way with a lot of energy. And then after that, I just didn't think we played very well. Um, I thought Drum basically changed the game with his offensive rebound and his effort. But other than that, it wasn't a, 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 I'll take any win. Uh, I'd rather win these than lose these. And so you'll take them and keep pushing on. Sixers head coach Doc Rivers, who also talked about the stretch of four road games coming up. You know, it's funny. Everyone's going to play 82 games, and that's a promise unless COVID happens, you know. And you're going to have some tough stretches. This is one, like, what is it, 10 out of 12 games on a row? But I saw this before the season, you know, and, and, and we saw it before the season. So uh, this is a great opportunity for us, the way I look at it, playing all everybody in our uh, division and conference, good teams. So if we come in and play like tonight, we'll lose the game. But I think this is a great stretch for us, like great opportunity. you got to go play. Uh, Boston's playing better. Charlotte's playing great. Atlanta's starting to roll. So it'll be fun. We'll see what we got. Sixers head coach Doc Rivers, their next game at Boston tomorrow night. Washington held on to beat Seattle 17-15 last night. Washington's won three in a row and climbing back into the playoff picture. Eagles hoping to 
stay in the playoff picture. They were getting there, and then they lost this past Sunday. They're at the Jets coming up this weekend, uh, Sunday afternoon at 1. Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni talked about the couple of catches that Jalen Rager almost had but didn't in contributing to this past Sunday's loss. You know, I do believe that Jalen is is working himself. He does work extremely hard in practice to get himself better. You know, when he had those opportunities yesterday, we all want him to make that play. Nobody wants him to make that play more than himself either. And he did he did make a couple nice plays, made a nice catch on a pass that was a little bit behind him, and then he made a nice catch at the end of the first half to put us down in there in scoring range. You know, obviously didn't execute to finish that thing off. Uh, but, you know, what you want out of every player, not just Jalen, Right, you want out of every player consistency, and I think what we saw yesterday is that he wasn't consistent throughout the game. He knows that. I've, we've already talked to him about that, and so consistency is when you're making those next step in your development. So you know he showed that he has playmaking ability. He shows that he that he uh, can make some some big time plays. You just want to see that more consistent. Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni, who also talked about his thoughts on making the playoffs. If, if you get into the, the mindset of, you know, how, what are the things we have to do to make the playoffs? Like, it doesn't matter unless you take care of your own business. And so that loss hurt yesterday. Uh, we don't need any extra motivation because I think this team, is, is, like I said, is, is motivated enough uh, through through its own internal um, the t- determination. And we're going to do everything we can do to win this football, get back on track and win this football game against the Jets this week. Nick Sirianni, Eagles head coach. It's the final day of November, and as such, the last day that in touch with Dr. Charles Stanley as our ministry of the month. We've been giving away his latest book and devotional, and there's a 17-item grand prize we're going to be awarding shortly. So get in the mix for that at WFIL.com. It's right on our homepage before midnight tonight. When you're there, tool around and see some of the other things that are up for grabs that are free, or you can enter to win. The contest page has a bunch of things, including the new Sarah Grove CD. It's called What Makes It Through. You actually win her uh, Joy of Every Longing Heart Christmas CD, or perhaps a grand prize there featuring both her new CD and her latest Christmas, plus Abide With Me on CD, a Joy of Every Longing Heart mug, and assorted sticker pages. I love stickers. And you also have the book Blindsided by Mark Roser. He's a missionary and a church planner. Lost his uh, son in a crazy accident when he was only 19 uh, in college. A very painful yet powerful and redemptive story of God's sovereignty and love. Still being written today, the book again called Blindsided, A Journey from Tragic Loss to Triumphant Love. It is full of the gospel. And so as much as it's about Mark and his son and their family and all that, it really is much greater than that and something that whether you've lost a child or know someone who does or just have had some hard stuff going on in your life, you can learn a lot and be encouraged by this book. We're giving away Blindsided, A Journey from Tragic Loss to Triumphant Love at WFIL.com on the contest page. That's just a couple of things going on. There are many, many others. So have fun with that. We enjoy doing the contests and the prizes and all that as a regular feature of what WFIL is about, all in hopefully encouraging you in your walk with the Lord day to day. We're going to take a brief break. Coming up this hour, a very special guest. Looking forward to having Keith Getty of the Gettys, modern-day hymn writer you may know from In Christ Alone and many, many other songs. He and his wife, Kristen, are doing a Christmas show that they do every year, and this time around, uh, they're going to be at the Museum of the Bible in D.C. on the 17th. It's a Friday night, and uh, we'll talk with him about that, talk with him about the latest in the Getty world, musically, and a number of other things, too. That's coming up this hour on the Tim DeMoss Show. Looking forward very much to having Keith on the program on WFIL. Thanks for listening in this afternoon. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. So he returns or calls me home here in the park of Christ. I'll stand. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app. In Christ Alone, Keith and Kristen Getty. They're one of the most well-known hymns of the last uh, 10, 15, 20 years. And we are pleased right now to bring on board Keith Getty from the Gettys. How are you, sir? Hey, Tim, how you doing? Wonderful. Thanks for carving out a little time for your busy day. We're, well, uh, we're just thrilled, always, thrilled, always thrilled to have a quick conversation with you. Yeah, well, we're glad that you and, uh, and Kristen and the crew are coming to town uh, Friday, December 17th, Museum of the Bible in D.C. Getty Music presents yep. Sing an Irish Christmas. So That's right. Two yeah. nights for, for the last five years before COVID, we did the Kennedy Center every year. Yeah. We had the privilege of being the only Christian event in the Kennedy Center season. So DC's always become a huge place for us at Christmas. And then um, um, the Museum of the Bible folks um, came to us and said, would you consider just for one year since COVID is on, doing a little two-night residence at the Museum of the Bible instead? And of course, my wife loves the Museum of the Bible. I think her uncle, John Lennox, Professor John Lennox, is featured there. This is just a perfect life. We're doing the 17th, and we're also doing the 18th. That sounds great. What's in store? Just share a little bit about the, you know, how because you've done these a number of years now. So uh, this time around, what's in store? Well, the, the Irish Christmas show really is, in some ways, and it's an extension of our work. It's the great hymns of Christmas. Everybody does a different kind of Christmas show. You know, Michael Bublé does Christmas love songs. My friend, my good friend Andrew Peterson does his does his um, um, "Behold the Lamb of God," which is really a song cycle that he wrote, and uh, and and pop stars do a show which is, you know, their their their, their greatest hits with a few Christmas songs spilled in. Our life is about writing and championing hymns that build deeper believers, and so the greatest hymns, in my opinion, are the Christmas hymns. And so, we created this event which just celebrates the great carols of Christmas. The first half. Is full of laughter and humor. We usually have guest artists come on, and then it's music and dance and song and high energy, fun. And then the second half is a lessons and carol service where you read through the Christmas story, and where everybody gets to sing all of their favorite carols and sing them in harmony as well. So we're pretty excited about that. That's excellent. Chat with uh, Keith Getty today on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL in Philadelphia. How much of the show is, is about the same from the get go? Since the message is the same in a lot of ways, or it doesn't change. And what tweaks have you made along the way or, you know, for fun or just because you wanted to improve whatever had done at the beginning? Well, uh, honestly, each year is really, in some ways, a little bit of a commentary in our year. And as many of you know, uh, we went back to live in Ireland for the COVID year. And really just to rediscover our roots, we created an album called Confessio, which, of course, was St. Patrick's Prayer, which goes right back to the beginning of Christianity in Ireland. And the 17th centuries, and this project was very emotional for us. It was really looking at how the origin. It was really looking at the historical Christianity in Ireland, and then how it affected America. So this year is really all about Irish American roots, and lots of these, lots of these um, things. Uh, in, in the in the Kennedy Center, we've had Kirk Whelan and John Patitucci joining us, and in St. Louis opening night, we've Ricky Skaggs joining us. The the closing night was Sandra McCracken joining us. Different people just popping in, but it's really that's that metal, It's that merging of Irish and American. It's those it's those classic carols, but with that slightly American twist to them. By the way, speaking of Ricky Skaggs, I understand you have a new song, uh, I mean, together, collaboration with him. Yeah, yeah. Fr- Friday the 3rd of December, 
um, launched the the uh, launches the uh, the the brightest and best. It's a, it's an old hymn by Reginald Heber. Reginald Heber's best known for writing the hymn "Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty." He wrote this other hymn, which Ricky actually sang. We actually first heard it, I think, in Washington D.C. when Ricky sang it at the Kennedy Center a number of years ago with us. It was just an an unbelievable moment in our lives, and we're so thankful for it. And he's coming back to sing it with Kristen um, uh, at the Grand Ole Opry in the third. Launching it's available on, on streaming systems. It's available on YouTube. You can enjoy that carol over Christmas. Yeah. And uh, just always an honor to work with Ricky Skaggs. Share for a second, if you would, just the power of music, how it plays into cementing God's word in our hearts and minds, including the story and birth of Christ. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you know, singing is extremely important to God. I mean, of all the creative arts, singing is peculiarly important. The command to sing is actually the most common positive command in Scripture. That is, if we if we include praise and proclaim and all these other words. Um, so it's obviously very important to the Lord. 20% of the Bible is poetry and songs. And indeed, the Christmas story is a story that is announced and is told in songs. And that's where carols come from. Carols come from taking the song of Mary and the song of Zechariah, uh, and all these different songs, the Song of Anna, and 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 reenacting the Christmas story from the from from the from God's word. So, you know that that's what's important. And I think it's no surprise that so many of the great Christmas carols, from Hark the Herald Angels Sing to Little Town of Bethlehem to to um, O Come All Ye Faithful, just have so many beautiful lines which draw us to the heart of the gospel. So that that's our hope. We, you know, I I don't I don't mean to be. Uh, over over dramatize any part of life but but you know we live in a culture that it is less and less common to be allowed to go into the public square and talk about our faith and christmas and um, because of the the rich artistic heritage i believe that christmas has brought to our culture um our, our governments and our culture dare not squash it totally so it's a wonderful chance for us to go and go to Carnegie Hall the night before Washington, D.C., and to go to the Skirmhorn Symphony Center and to go on to Fox, Fox Television uh, the morning of the first D.C. show and 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 then come to the Museum of the Bible in, in the nation's capital and encourage you know thousands of people to sing carols together and sing the good news that Christ is born, that, that, that the, we- the weary world that we're living in at the minute can rejoice that the hopes and fears of all the years are met in him tonight. Keith Getty, our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the app. We'll take a brief break, and then we'll come back and continue our conversation. Keith and Kristen are going to be at the Museum of the Bible in D.C. Friday the 17th of December. Details on that at GettyMusic.com. Back with more in just a moment, WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the app, Consider the Stars, Keith and Kristen Getty. Keith joining us today on the Tim DeMoss Show in advance of their concert at the Museum of the Bible, Friday, December 17th, GettyMusic.com for more information on that. Keith, you know, uh, you and Kristen together, just the family dynamic, uh, just a question on this, how the two of you complement each other and how the Lord's used you both to further the music industry you do as a husband and wife. It's not a given, especially with spiritual warfare, right, that we're dealing with in a way. It can sound beautiful in the end, but how, you know, how does God work in and through the two of you together to, to, for the music of the Gettys? 
Well, I mean, we're, I'm afraid, Tim, we're pretty boring answers for that. You know, Chris and I, Chris and I got married. We've spent, because our, we do the same job, we, we just, we, we said, what does it mean to make, to make our marriage and our, and our faith work? And so we try to work on our prayer lives every day and it's hard. I, I don't wake up every day and want to pray. And it's a, it's a terrible thing to say, but I don't. And, uh, and Kristen and I have made a lot of rules in our lives. Like we, we've never had a night apart in 17 years. We've 1,100 flights, Tim, and we've managed to land them all in the same city on the same night to be together. Wow. And uh, there are some days, there are some days she could not see me far enough. You know, I will tell you that. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> right. but, but you know, and running a business with your wife is, as those people out there who do it will tell you, it is no picnic. Um, but yeah. you know what? The, the joy of each day just trying to work it out and, uh, and uh, sharing the good news of Jesus in this season. It's just so encouraging. Well, and the girls too. It's a beautiful thing. You have four, if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh, yeah. If you're referring to those horrible family <laughs> hymns, things that we did during COVID, I really wish you wouldn't, you know. <laughs> they drove me crazy. It was my wife's idea. And I mean, the number of people who have sent us long emails or sent us books of how to parent properly because we obviously couldn't control our kids. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> you cannot imagine. You cannot imagine. Well, they, 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 at least a couple, I'm not sure which of the old, eldest two sing on stage at times, right? Was, yeah, yeah. 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 They're, they're all in Washington, D.C. that night. We're doing a song called Pass the Promise to Our Sons and Daughters, mm. God on High, God Our Father, We Bear Witness. And the girls are all coming on stage to sing that with us. So they're going to be coming on, and they're crazy, and they're fun, and they'll be great. What a, what a treat to be able and a privilege. My wife and I are blessed with five children, and they're all musical. I mean, but, but also the freedom to learn about the Lord, learn about Him through song, let them find their vo- voice, literally, their instrument, make some noise around the house. Are your girls a little bit like that too? Obviously, growing up with you guys, learning, and do they take to it too? Yeah, no, we, 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 you know, yeah, it's interesting. They all go their different ways. I mean, you know, they all do music. We, we feel, we feel a couple of things. Number one, we want our kids to, we want the highlight of our kids' week to be Sundays. We want Sunday worship. Yeah. Um, getting up on a Sunday, filling the home with songs of the Lord, having an amazing Sunday lunch, having an amazing experience as a family. We want that to be the head of their week. I, I get rid of my phone on the Sundays. We just, and we build our week towards Sundays that they would love it. And so I think every home, everyone out there needs to fill their homes with songs of the Lord. If you're a pastor or you're a worshiper, you're a songwriter, and you're not, first of all, taking care of your family, please hear this from me and hear this in the most humble way possible. You have no business being on any platform telling anybody to do anything. We need to take care of our families. And as we go to the next generation, and the challenge that it's going to be to the first generation in 500 years to raise our children in the laws of the Lord, in the laws of a nation, where we will, we will, we will suddenly for the first time have views that are illegal, you know, means that the challenge for our families is greater than ever. So I say that humbly because my kids are young, and I don't, who knows how they're going to turn out, but we're going to give it all we've got from our point of view to try and, to try and, to try and raise our kids faithfully. And, uh, and so, you know, filling our home with songs of the Lord is important. You know, our girls like music. They've got varying talents. You know, you know, I think, I think arts is a good thing to teach your kids. I think, I think there's a little bit of a lost. I know, I know your, your cousin, Nancy DeMoss, and I would share this view that, you know, you know, the importance of teaching the arts is important for every part of it. It's important for someone's emotional health. It's important for their personal discipline. It's important for their social discipline. It's important that it, because it can usually lead them into being involved in church at a young age. There's so many good things that come about doing music. I, I have no 
preconceived ideas that my kids should be in professional music. You know, that, that was, that was a bizarre set of circumstances that the Lord in his kindness ordained that I should be a professional musician, but I don't, I don't pursue my kids. I don't do that. But, but I, 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 but number one, I really want them to sing about the Lord and know songs of the Lord and enjoy singing. And then number two, I think, I think music and arts is a good thing. It t- teaches kids good things. It's not necessary. I think singing is necessary, but I think the arts is a good thing too. Well, Keith, you're, it may be just a kind of a closing thing on that. The encouragement or thoughts for people who don't necessarily feel that they have much musical skill, they don't like, they don't like their voice, or they, or they just did, maybe didn't learn much about it in their own home, and so they don't feel that competent to have music in their home. Yeah, well, it's funny because, you know, singing is the most common command in Scripture. And I've, three different people have told me that in recent times. I don't like my voice. I don't like to sing. Mm. And they all go to Reformed churches, which I find amazing because they're all really into the sovereignty of God. So I go, well, do you think God knew that he was giving you a bad voice? Um, so really, whether your voice is, what I'm saying is, I'm not trying to be funny about it, yeah. but whether, you're, whether your voice is good or bad, God, A, commands you to sing all the time. He commands you regularly to sing. And secondly, he decided that your voice wasn't going to sound like Frank Sinatra's, and that's where it goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so I, I don't think it's anything actually to do. I think I think the God who made the universe and who, and who created the Alps and the Himalayas uh, and the Grand Canyon in a breath is is doesn't doesn't need the extra beauty that we can bring him in our voices to to be to be to be to be to be delighted in our praises. Yeah, yeah. That's just the last couple of questions for you. I got plenty going on today. I'm sure Keith Getty, our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFI on Philadelphia. Just the general notion. You mentioned how God brought you to doing what you're doing, and I'm sure that could be a whole another conversation about the entire story. It occurs to me that those who do music specifically. Uh, in the worship vein, even though our lives are worship, so no matter what you're doing, really is worship. Uh, it's a little different because you know you're you're really it's it's that much more vertical. Almost who gets credit is not the issue, and yet you have you know you are to be commended for the the time you're putting in and the energy and the craft that you're doing and all that. How do you keep it about you know how do you keep it vertical more so and less about building the Gettys or making sure that people still sing your songs and all that? Because I would just human nature wise, I think that could be a, a could be a tug of war. Maybe it's not for you. <laughs> okay. Did you honestly say maybe it's not for you? <laughs> well, I'm just you know yeah, I don't I mean, assume I anything. Do you honestly think when somebody writes a song that's better than me, I didn't wish that I wrote it? <laughs> do, you, do you honestly think if somebody else was concert sold out faster than mine at the Museum of the Bible, I didn't wish mine sold out yeah. faster? Okay, I just want to make I sure. Mean, so Tim, when somebody when somebody's radio show is doing better than yours, do you not wish yours was doing better? Well, I I, mean, I try to just say what what scripture says: rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. <laughs> and that's your answer. Of course, of course you wish. Of course you wish you could do better. We all do that. Everybody, every mother, every mother who's seen it who's seen one of their friends' child who behaves better, or his home's tidier, or their school results are better. Everyone feels that. And anybody who is out there pretending they're they're above jealousy is is telling the biggest lie to themselves. So <laughs> I think I think the best thing that you and I, Tim, and everybody else listening can do is just know that know that know that know that it's it's for this kind of stupid stuff that we all do that that, that Christ came to us as a child that he taught and that he lived 
and that he died and that he rose. And so all of that should lead us to repentance. All of that should lead us to thanksgiving. All of that should lead us to worship. And all of that should lead us to this Christmas one to make the most of every opportunity we have to tell this incredible story that's led to all these crazy little songs and celebrations that are going on around us. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And lastly, on a light note, uh, fellow Irelander, can I say that? Uh, Alistair Begg. With the Truth for Life program, it follows. Never heard of him. No, yeah, right. <laughs> follows <laughs> our, <laughs> every day at five. He's right after this show with his program, Truth for Life, and he's he's a godly man, also very funny. Got the dry wit going, and he has local roots here too. He spent some time in seminary locally uh, in Philadelphia. Anyway, he talked about when we were on most recently his love of soccer. He's trying to appreciate baseball, but he's he's like, why do they do that seventh inning stretch? That means I have two mornings of this nonsense I have to sit through. And uh, it's very funny. So you spend time in both Ireland and the U.S. You know, you and the family have grown in an affinity, one particular sport or team or anything like that that you enjoy? Oh, well, no, I mean, I, I support Liverpool Football Club, who are better than Begg's lousy Manchester United. You know, nobody nobody who's truly saved could really support Manchester United, in my opinion. Um, you know, Liverpool is where the Beatles are from. You know, Lennon, McCartney and Harrison are all Irish names, you know, yeah. so we're so we're very Liverpool. Okay. And uh, the Irish the Irish football team. But I, I tell you this, I, I am, you know, when I was at Alistair, that was the first, that was the first advent of LeBron to, to give it the seasonal, to give it the seasonal context and yes. language. Yes. And so that, so that was fun. That was fun. And, uh, and now the Titans are doing well. So, of course, we're thrilled for them. And I'm, I've been just been offered tickets to go and hear the, to go and watch the Predators tonight. So, we love sport. We love we love competition. We love we we we, we love we love love the joy of all, <laughs> of all that stuff too. That's fun. That's fun. Well, it's great to hear your voice again, Keith. It was a couple Christmases ago. They think you and your lovely wife were in New York or something for a show. And we were able to get you on for a yeah, few yeah. minutes in the car, and so it's nice to have a little longer yeah. time today. By the way, Voice of the Martyrs is part of this tour too. We just did a partnership with them to help raise oh, awareness. Did? Yeah, for the persecuted but church. That, that, that is one of the most important organizations in the world right now and going forward to the next generation. Uh, Joyce Sutton and I, who's the d- head of development for our organization, he he and I have really sort of worked hard on that, and uh, both in how we can be part of the global church. Uh, secondly, on, on how it helps us order our steps in life. You know, right now, Right now, there are people who are pleased to be staying in Afghanistan to suffer for the Lord Jesus and worship with people in the backseat of a car on a Sunday morning. Um, so that that's important. But also I think it reminds us of what's coming soon. You know, I don't want to raise my kids because I want them to think that they can be cool and because Christianity is kind of cool as well, but it's cool with a few morals. It's not. It's taking up our cross and following the Lord Jesus. And, uh, and so I think VOM is important that we can offer support to others who are in, who are in genuine need because we're not actually in genuine need. Secondly, I think it's important that it reminds us of what the real, in all the areas of the world at the minute where the church is growing, it reminds us of what actually that costs for the church to grow. But thirdly, I think it reminds us of what it's going to be like for our children and grandchildren. So we need to choose to stay whom we'll serve. And uh, I've learned more from VOM than, than almost any other organization. Thank, thank, thankful to be involved with them. And, uh, and 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 I hope we can share them with you. Please, please, if you can come along to to the concerts in DC at Museum of the Bible. I think that one of them is sold out. The other one's got a hundred tickets left. So do do that. And if you can't make that, we're at Carnegie Hall the night before on the sixteenth as well. So we'd, we'd we'd love to see you, and really encourage you to bring some friends or family who might like, who might be lonely, who might like good, who might be fans of music, who might be fans of Ireland, 
um, or he might just enjoy the concert. Please, please do encourage him to come along. Amen. GettyMusic.com uh, for more info on all of those things. Lord, I just thank you for Keith and our time together and for his wife, Kristen, and the children. I pray your blessing on their whole family, on their marriage, on their family dynamic, for safety for them, for joy as they present. And I ask that you would help them to uh, just trust, uh, do what they do as unto you, and trust that you will be at work for your glory over these next few weeks and in the days to come, in the new year as well. In the name of Christ, amen. Amen. All right, Keith Getty on our program today from the Gettys, Keith and Kristen. Again, going to be at the Museum of the Bible Friday, December 17th. Gettymusic.com for info on that and other shows and the music they do and all things Getty and the ministry that they have going and as they seek to serve the Lord. We're glad to have Keith on the program today. We'll take a final break, and then I have something I'd like to share with you on the other side of this to wrap up our program today. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app at the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in, wrapping up the program today with a couple of songs. The one you just heard there from Ryan Stevenson called Eye of the Storm. Great song from him. And I'm actually going to close the program out with another song called Eye of the Storm from a number of years ago by a, an artist named Mark Hurd, who had a lot of different styles, kind of a country folksy rock thing going on. Uh, but sandwiched in between, I just want to share a bit of a storm that I'm in personally right now, my wife and I. Uh, tomorrow morning, very early, our beautiful little girl, Tori Joy, who is 15 and uh, 10 months old, is having uh, spinal fusion surgery. Tori is uh, you know, a beautiful girl. We love her to pieces. She has had a lot of challenges in her lifetime. <clears throat> She's had um, seizures. She's had a feeding tube. She has scoliosis. She's dealt with uh, blindness and being deaf. And God's done a lot of things in and through her. We wouldn't trade her for anything. We love her so much. And um, she's had a couple surgeries before on her feet, on her Achilles and other things. Um, she doesn't have a diagnosis. If you had to pick something, it would be cerebral palsy, perhaps, but it's not really that. And anyhow, um, she's totally dependent on us, just like we're totally dependent on the Lord. And including for this surgery, bright and early tomorrow morning, we have to be at the hospital at quarter of six. And then the surgery itself, uh, you know, comes after that is supposed to be uh, seven, eight hours long. And uh, I don't know about you, I guess the one word I have besides, you know, trusting the Lord is sobering. It's sobering to me to think about our little girl. She's 55 pounds. She's not very beefy. Uh, she's been gaining, gaining a little weight lately, which is good. She's more lanky than anything uh, going under uh, the surgeon's knife. And frankly, and um, I'm not looking forward to it whatsoever, but I know that she's in God's hand. So I just ask you now, if you'd be willing to pray for her, her name is Victoria Joy. And the Lord has brought her through many things prior to now. And again, tomorrow morning, there is this surgery. And um, we're, we're praying that it would be successful, that the Lord would bless the surgeon and the assistants and everything to have steady hands, a good night's sleep tonight, and total focus. Um, she has a 110-degree curve, uh, you know, curvature of the spine. And if we don't get the surgery sometime in the near future, she may not survive as it's starting to affect her respiratory system and, and some other parts of her body. So um, 
we just this is this is the survival tact, uh, tactic, if you will, or approach. Lord willing, it will actually allow her to grow more um, and 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 eat better, digest better, and a lot of other benefits. But first and foremost, we're stepping into this because we're trying to make sure she, uh, Lord willing, can live longer. So her name again is Victoria Joy, and the surgery is tomorrow. And um, we don't know what's to come on the other side of that, but we we would ask your prayers and covet your prayers. As we go through this storm, we know who is holding us, and um, we know he is faithful. So thank you for your consideration on that and for your prayers. And Lord willing, each day will unfold and Tori will be healing. And so we're praying for successful surgery that actually will do what it's set to do. And on top of that, would allow her to grow. Uh, as a father, I'm protective. I'm, I'm um, again, sobered. And I, I want to just keep my hand in the Lord's and trust him, you know, my Abba Father. And same for my wife, Tina. So we appreciate your prayers for our family. On that note, let's wrap up with the other eye of the storm. This is Mark Hurd on the Tim DeMoss Show today on WFIL. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for your prayers and be encouraged as well that God has you in the palm of his hand as well. Have a great evening. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.